Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Come on, let me scooch in a little bit here. Okay. I feel like this earphone is about to pop out of my ear. Okay. All right. Is that better? Yeah, much better. Okay. All right, we are ready. I guess we're we're oh. already recording, so never mind. Hey, I'm sorry. I hey. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to give ourselves like a countdown anyway? No, I think we're good. gonna keep going i'm, I'm alex i'm nick <laughs> i'm elise this is the some nerds have a podcast welcome we're trying something new we're trying this on zencaster uh to see how well it works and it's really easy to get started um, yeah hashtag not sponsored it's it's, it's so easy. who would sponsor us so, really who the fuck would sponsor it's us? so easy sponsored to get by... started in fact that we didn't even realize we were recording <laughs> <laughs> Uh, please clean that up, Alex. I, I, I'm, I'm, we'll see, we'll see. No. Well, I mean, cold opens used to be a thing. Remember way back yeah. in the day? Bring it, we're bringing them back. Bringing oh back the God. cold open. Doing it live. Like the live podcast. <laughs> There's nothing about this that I enjoy. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Tired. Me too. Alive. Fucking tired. Alive. Seemingly hey, healthy. Good. You know. you know, you know who is not healthy and would probably maybe not be alive. Rudy Giuliani. Much longer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> America's mayor. <laughs> Man, oh. how is it that in our lifetimes he has gone from America's mayor? No, fuck that. You remember like, when he was going to be president? Yeah, he won Florida. That doesn't surprise me. I think. I think he won Florida in, in the primary that he ran. Because he ran in 2008? Maybe. Was he part I, of that crap or was yeah, he a part of the 2012 it, crap? It was 2008 because 2008 was supposed to be Hillary and Giuliani. Uh, and it ended up being in, McCain and, and Obama. Obama. Yeah. Um, that was a wild fucking year. I know. You know what I can't get over? You know what I fucking can't get over? Not to like completely derail us. Because I, we were so on track. <laughs> well, you were talking about Rudy Giuliani. I thought that might go somewhere. But no. um, the fact that the Democratic primaries happened this year. Right. That's like something that I can't get over. I can't get over the fact that like I fucking I voted twice. <laughs> I yeah. voted in the Democratic primary. Spoiler alert. And then like voted in the fucking presidential election and i still can't get over that both of those things happen i know that like traditionally these things happen in the same year we have a primary the same year that we have an election because that makes sense that's that's because um, otherwise we would live in fucking hell world but like i still just this year has been so long and simultaneously so short that it makes no sense mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, I really had to cast a vote for Bernie Sanders and goddamn Joe Biden in the same goddamn year. Like, so yeah. now, like, because our state has its primary on Super Tuesday, like, I think that was before we had a lot of the the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. Coronavirus. Thing. Yeah. So it was it was before COVID. I mean, it wasn't um, it was before we were having our major pandemic 
Um, yeah. Well, I think, I, there was, I, re- I think there'd already been a few cases in places. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I remember specifically talking about it at work. And I just, I remember specifically voting before I went to work and then having several political arguments with my coworkers while I was at work and getting absolutely nothing done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a time-honored tradition Pretty much. in white-collar America. Um, but that's how, that's how I know, um, cause we've been working at home since March. Um, and then that, and I, I remember everybody being like, coronavirus is coming. Like it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Like, I remember all of those conversations. And then I remember getting into like loud political arguments, um, and probably getting the side eye from my boss at some point, which I mean was well-deserved, but, um, <laughs> What? Bosses <laughs> not liking what socialists have to say? Color me surprised. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Well, LOL. LOL. Kel surprise. <laughs> uh. Uh, that was the day everyone found out at least was a socialist. <laughs> much kind of much funny. Like- much like his actual career, my bringing up of Rudy Giuliani was going to go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> God, Jesus. Like, he really got accolades for being a warm fucking body in new york city yeah on the day 9-11 happened <laughs> clearly like <laughs> oh, God. oh and like the like the poor like the poor people that like actually rushed in and did shit still ain't getting health care they're I... still fucking fucked john stewart is still going to congress every three He's, to four years I... to be like hey those fucks need health care no he does. he does like it happened like I know Either it this year recently. or Pat or it was just last, last year. year. It was just last year. But I was year. pretty sure that that got that they the they finally ended up giving them healthcare last year. Oh, Jesus fucking yeah, Christ! Thanks, Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a legacy! I got rid of all the prostitutes, though. Oh my god, I got all the homeless people out of Manhattan and shoved them into Brooklyn. <laughs> That's what he fucking did. Thanks, Giuliani. The yeah. dick. Not about a Times Square. So. I don't understand also like <laughs> why New York. Like I know people who live in New York and almost everyone I know that lives in New York is like pretty far to the left. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how they keep like electing such fuck ups mm-hmm. to be in charge of their city. I mean, it because it's it's a let's you know, the largest city in the world or one of the largest cities in the world. And um you know, there's a lot of different, different people. Like, this is something that comes up every time I get in an argument with someone about the, uh, the fucking, uh, electoral Congress. And they're just like, oh, so you just want everyone in Los Angeles and like New York city to like cho- choose our president. That's for where it. the people are. <laughs> I know. Well, you know. A, that's where the people are. And B, I bet you any amount of money that if you like, asked 10 random people in on different blocks of like just choose 10 different blocks of new york city you have to go to 10 different neighborhoods yeah and they need to be different socioeconomic yeah exactly go to 10 different neighborhoods if you're in fucking chelsea you are 100 gonna get a different answer than in like bed-stuy yeah and ask 10 random people in 10 random neighborhoods in new york city what their political leanings are you will get 10 different answers Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go to fucking like 10 square miles of Montana, yeah, you'll find and find 10 people. They're all going to believe exactly the same thing. Yeah. Or or close enough to it to like. That it's not actually that much of a difference. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing is like most people, like the vast majority of the global population lives near a fucking body of water. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just how civilization is. (laughs) Since forever. (laughs) Yeah. We've been doing this for thousands of fucking years. Like, stop acting like New York and L.A. are special. They are not special. They're just motherfucking fort cities. Like, is is there literally any other country on the planet that has something approaching the Electoral College? Like, anyone. No. No. Nobody fucking does it. It's stupid. (laughs) It's It's a stupid fucking idea. Yeah. It's made by stupid fucking rapists who thought it was totally chill to own people. Yeah. And maybe we need to stop having this system. Mm -hmm. How can we pretend to be a democracy while cosplaying as ancient Rome? That's what the founding fathers were asking themselves. Basically. It's also like... We're like, we're a bunch of rich white fucks, but like, we don't have as many privilege, as many privileges as the richer, whiter fucks that live in the UK. (laughs) How can we get a bunch of poor white dudes to fight for us and convince, like, and convince them that we're on their side, even though we have literally nothing in common with them? We create the American Revolution. Yeah, we create racism. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) 100%. (sighs) Well, I'm sorry. Just... This is like a really anti-founding fathers. Yeah. I don't know. I know we're look, based in Virginia and that's like supposed to be our jam, but I mean, look, them. okay. Like, so when I was a kid, I had like an American revolutionary themed birthday party. <laughs> of course you did, you fucking nerd. All right. I'm sorry. Go on. And it's like, I look back at that with so much cringe, like, holy <laughs> shit. What the fuck? And not for the reasons that most people would. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen we've we all made mistakes in our youth Mm -hmm. i used to consider myself catholic (laughs) i hope my parents never listen to this anyway so we've had our 10 minutes of important (laughs) stuff Uh, (laughs) let's talk about nonsense (laughs) i feel like i feel like literally nothing important has happened since like like other than like the george floyd like uprisings Mm -hmm. i don't think anything actually important has happened this year um la's new uh attorney general ended up rolling out a fuck ton of um, right he got rid of like cash bail yeah he got rid of cash bail he got rid of trying kids as adults he got rid of the death penalty like you can't get the death penalty in LA County I now. Thought, I thought that California um, already didn't have the death penalty. Was that not the case? I, no, I guess not. Um, yeah, no, like forty years of legislation, and he was just like, "Bam, it's done." Nice. Um, which is which is pretty fucking cool. That is pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think of like what else. I mean, there was like a long ass list, but I remember like bail, uh, cash bail being on the, like the top of that list, and uh, kids can't get tried as adults. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was something that happened fairly recently. That was yeah. that was okay. I So corrected. like that that you know, that was cool. Virginia um did, sentence did, enhancements. Virginia decriminalized uh, cannabis. That's true. Yeah, cannabis is yeah. decriminalized. And like what was it, Oregon? Like just decriminalized everything. They're like, fuck it. Yeah. Uh end of criminaliz- criminalizing homelessness, mental health, and addiction. Cool. And it will also end mass incarceration in uh, Los Angeles County and set and hopefully set the tone for 
California and the U.S., which is pretty cool. Now, does that mean um, it's pretty going to fucking cool? Free the prisoners, or are they just going to get moved to a different county? And I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, like you don't, you don't know. Um, One would hope the former, but yeah, probably assume uh, at least fifty percent of all persons sentenced to state prison from L.A. are rated. Okay, no, that's just saying like they're rated low risk um, to reoffend. Um. Don't get your news from us. <laughs> getting your news from, like I'm just gonna throw that out there. I'm getting like don't get our, your fucking news from us. But but apparently like he did a lot of really cool things, which is pretty cool. So thanks, um, thanks, George Gasson. I think I'm assuming it's Gasson because there's a French accent over the O. So I'm assuming you're you're it's just uh, Gasson as opposed to like Gascan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, like what one in four people in uh, in India are currently on strike, so that's yeah, also pretty good. That is true. That is true. Ugh, man. I don't know. I I really have very little to talk about this week. I think so. I'm just. It's going to be very. Yeah, if we want to just do news watch, we just go <laughs> through Twitter, <laughs> find interesting things. What's happening in the news? <laughs> uh... Did you see this? Did you hear about this? <laughs> Let's see. I have been watching something with my sister. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. So we we had finished watching um, Our House, and we were trying to find something else to watch. And so I checked on Netflix, and I was like, oh, hey, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated is on Netflix. Uh, I remember oh. when that came out, like 10 years ago. And uh, yeah, so we've been watching that, and it is better than i would think i was expecting or better than i thought it was 10 years ago uh is more more to the point because i think it got like some flack 10 years Mm -hmm. ago when it first came out but it's like it kind of stands up it's a kid's show of course yeah we do but you know i remember hearing good things about it especially like towards the end so i don't know i i never watched the second of it so Mm -hmm. i don't know but i i have heard that it gets if you're if you're a big do head i don't know mm-hmm. if, if you do the do if you do the um, do then then i've heard it's really good like it's one of the better versions so yeah it it's more than just like a monster of the week thing there's a ongoing like plot line and there's also like teen drama where they're dating each other different characters <laughs> of course <laughs> so like i think it starts off it, it starts off with uh velma and uh, shaggy in a relationship that's oh what it's why a, it's a relationship that's set up to fail um and it does by before season Good. one ends mostly because scooby ends up uh being jealous and <laughs> of course <laughs> oh my god oh my god that is like that is a fundamental misunderstanding of Velma's character. <laughs> but um but yeah, Daphne Daphne has the hots for um for Fred. For Velma, right? No, I'm just kidding. We we <sighs> wish, but it's for Fred. Uh, um and eventually and Fred is being just a big dumb himbo. Um yeah. who, that sounds about right. who is like super interested in traps to the point of it being like his special interest essentially um <laughs> yeah it's, it's kind of adorable actually <laughs> it's it's great and like the all the character all the the characters parents show into it there's a lot of recurring characters uh, there's 
characters that will appear in one episode only to be made the villain of a future episode. Um, oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's it's like weird. Like you don't know you meet a character, you don't know if they're going to end up showing up again later on. Um, hmm. And it's there's a few things that are a little cringy. And like I said, it is mm. 10 years old and it is a Scooby Doo. Um, there's one episode we've watched where there's a uh, character. Um, there's a the character from China who comes mm. to to Crystal Cove, which is the city that they're in. Yeah, Oof. yeah. Um, it's it, it. It's not as bad as it could be. It's not. Uh, it's not Scooby Doo. It's not conical, early two thousands. It's not Scooby Doo in a conical hat with buck teeth. Um, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it is still a little cringy um interestingly enough the opening the open like the pre-credits role for that one is set in macau of all places like of all cities they could have chosen in china to set their like establishing shot they they chose macau um but there is one other oh yeah um so i guess this is kind of spoilers for like a mid a mid-season episode but we're, um, we're never gonna watch it. Okay, it's fine. Um, one of the one of the the episodes is about the these environmental terrorists essentially that are trying to start up an oil drill, an oil well that was built by the evil corporation, and uh, we're wondering, well, is this evil corporation trying to drill? Like it was abandoned because a geologic review said that it was unstable and it would, you know, leak oil. And uh, we're like, oh, is this the corporation that's doing trying to do it behind the back? But no, it's uh, left wing activists who are trying to use it to fund their left left wing activism. Oh, my God. I'm like, could could we have a left wing activist character that's not a hypocrite, please? Please. (laughs) His name's Ernesto. He literally dresses like Che Guevara. Are you like, please? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (sighs) Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, but you know th- those kind of things aside. Hey, yeah. hey, there there are problems on both sides. <laughs> oh. That's uh, that's like oh my god, that is that that's is a real problem. When look, listen, just just because you know you can't you can't ever accuse the right wing of being hypocrites because they don't stand for anything and have no principles. So if someone on the left compromises their principles, you know that's that's entirely on the left. We all we then we have to move a little bit further right because of that. That's that's the basic summary of like the last twenty years of American politics. Yeah, <laughs> but you know those kind of things, those kind of quirks aside, um, there's the overarching plot is there apparently was a previous Mystery Inc. a previous uh, Mystery Club that had been around in the past it, the time is weird okay so they have like time la- is a flat circle time is a flat circle time is an illusion lunchtime doubly so uh and they have like laptops and smartphones and things like that um but all the tvs are like 1950s tvs built into like a cabinet oh my fucking god <laughs> and like i kind of like it there's like 60s aesthetics on the walls and it, it's like this is simultaneously the 1960s and the 2000s it's like it's both at the same time and i just can't it's, wrap my head around it it's that sounds sort of like uh it follows did you ever see that movie i did never see that movie but i have heard of it it's uh it's really good like one of the like it's a weird little 
um, like does like set design choice, I guess, mm-hmm. that never really gets addressed in any way. Mm-hmm. With like, the, everything feels like kind of retro. Like there's all the synth music mm-hmm. and like very seventies like cars and like kind of throwback clothing. I mean, but then like. Yeah. Go ahead. But then, like, there's there's this, like, the technology in it is, like, almost ahead of what we have now in mm. some ways. Like, there's a scene where a girl is reading a book on, like, this thing that looks like a, um, like, it looks like a, a, a compact, mm. like a, like a, like a makeup compact, like a mirror thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, a touch screen mm. <laughs> with, like, text on it. Mm. And it's, like, what, what is that? <laughs> Are you going to talk about what the fuck that is? And then, nope, just, like glosses right over it so yeah it's very yeah. much like a similar kind of what year is this i mean what decade twin peaks kind of did something similar where it, yeah it's like an art style is kind it's like setting is kind of ambiguous it's like it's right. it's the 80s or 90s but it's but also it's like also the 50s. 50s yeah it's it's the same kind of thing with this where it's the 2000s but it's also the 60s um mm. But yeah, uh, and also like all of everybody in the the gang except for Velma is like loaded. Like Fred's dad is the mayor, and yeah, that checked out. And that that like he's actually a most recurring uh adult. He, he's like the most recurring um parent character. Uh, probably the second most recurring would be uh, Velma's mom, who runs a a museum for mysteries because apparently that's what crystal cove is known for it's mysteries and they they try to turn everything into a tourist trap uh but yeah like like daphne's parents are loaded um that makes sense scooby and shaggy live in what looks like a replica of the white house (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) but only only only, uh velma's the one that lives in like a normal looking suburban house um well her mom's in the museum industry yeah you don't really make much money <laughs> yeah working in museums mm-hmm. but uh so far i've been enjoying it i've been having a good time just hanging out with my sister and watching that after she gets home from work on most days nice but yeah no i i don't I, like i haven't finished it yet so i haven't there, there are two seasons uh, and I'm still on season one. I think we're getting close to the end of season one because there's been like a fairly major reveal. One of the characters that's been helping out the gang is um, he goes by the name Mr. E and mm. gives them little hints and clues to the story of the past and all that. Uh, hmm. But his face was revealed. And so I'm like, well, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. and so I'm assuming that this finale is for the season finale is coming up soon. I was looking through the um, cast for the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, and because I was like, oh, there's some people in that. And apparently that character is played by Lewis Black, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the comedian. <coughs> the Harlan. Harlan Ellison. Is he he's still alive? Mm, Harlan Ellison? Yeah. No, he died. Not 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 as long ago as you would think. Thing. Okay, because they have Harlan Ellison make a cameo appearance. I don't know if it's voiced by him, but he shows up as like a, a guest lecturer at a university. Oh, it's actually more recently than I thought. He died in uh, 20, uh, uh, 2000, uh, 2018. Okay, me. so yeah, he would have been alive when this was recorded, when this was yeah. made. So it very well may have been his voice. 
Um, but yeah, he shows up and meets an expli of H.P. Lovecraft named H.P. Hmm. Hatecraft. Um, oh no, <laughs> that's a more appropriate name. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so the two, so yeah, that's I don't know. Let's see. Uh, he does have eight credited acting roles. He played himself on an episode of The Simpsons in 2014. Uh, no, doesn't look like that was that was him in that. That's a little disappointing. Unless it's cre- it's it's under self. I don't know. Oh yeah, no Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Ah, they two episodes of self. Two episodes. Oh, okay, I guess we have more to look forward to him then. Uh, his picture. I'm gonna send this to you in the chat that nobody can see. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah i'm surprised that harlan ellison like wanted to do anything that was for children uh because he was just just grumpy man well he plays a grumpy man so okay he plays himself fair enough <laughs> but yeah other than other than scooby-doo mystery inc i haven't really been watching a whole actually no i've been doing something else um so there's a group of friends uh they get together on discord and we play games and stuff um we have a minecraft server and things like that but uh a lot of what we've been doing recently is playing phasmophobia oh i've been wanting to play that too i've seen you guys that have been playing it Mm -hmm. i i might have to pick it up after payday i don't know we'll see do it it's so much fun holy shit um I think I mentioned it before on the podcast. I think I briefly brought it up. Do you remember, Elise, what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea. It, we've we've watched uh, the Game Grumps play a few episodes. It's the ghost hunting game. Oh, that one. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So we, we played a, a few games of that, and uh, one of my friends has been really getting on people to play it. Uh, so I am I am excited to do more. It is scary. Like, yeah. Mm. Like, like you watch the video of people playing it and you're like, oh, that's not scary. Playing it is scary. And yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> well, that's the way it always art. is with like with with horror games. Mm-hmm. That's the way it always is. Because like you're putting yourself like in the shoes of the character, like especially in a first person horror game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when you're watching it, when you're watching someone else play it, you're like one step removed. Yeah. And so it's like, well, whatever happens, you're not in control. But like when you are playing it, it's like, okay, well now it's all on me. Like I have to be doing the things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have to go into the spooky house and Mm. place down the, the, the Ouija board. Yeah. It's, it's spooky. Um, And I haven't actually played it solo because you can do solo missions. Yeah, that was the first few that we watched with the Game Grumps playing mm-hmm. it. They, they, I think, no, they was something. That was something else. Never mind. Mm-hmm. But the solo missions are just, I, 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 it's scary enough doing it in a group. <laughs> doing it, in, <laughs> ah, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it solo. But uh, it's only four players, unfortunately, and we have yeah. like six people that have it now. So, but not everyone's always available. So there's usually yeah. we can get four people to play. Yeah, it's been a while since I've really felt like 
doing like video games online. Like when I get done with work, I just I've been like zoning out and mm-hmm. playing single player games and listening to podcasts. It's kind of been my my evening routine. Be sociable. Come join <laughs> <No>. us. <laughs> I have to be sociable all day at work and I don't like it. <laughs> it makes me tired. <sighs> Extroverts surrounded by introverts. Shake my head. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I might, I might be down for something. I'm also like still mapping, like mopping up the last few things I need to do in Witcher 3. Oh yeah, I saw you were playing that a, a couple days ago. Like I have done, I think at this point, I have done literally every quest in the game except for the main quest line of the last expansion. Okay. And so now I'm just kind of like, Oh, I'm doing this now. Do you have? I guess I'll do. Go ahead. Keep saying. Oh, um, I don't know, and I don't know why I wasn't doing the 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 main quest line because it's like the main quests in Witcher games are always really good, but like the side quests are just so much like fun, and it's just nice to like. Okay, I'll just run around again, like listen to a podcast for a bit, and like just go see who needs a monster taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the main quest of the second expansion is all about uh, like, Oh, the, it there's a vampire terrorizing this vaguely French, vaguely like Spanish, vaguely Italian countryside. Mm-hmm. And you need to go stop it. And like the, what I was playing, I played like, I don't know, like half an hour today. And then a half hour that I played, it was like, oh, plot twist. This isn't like crazed vampire who suddenly snapped and decided to start killing humans. This is like, mild spoilers for this ahead. This is a reasonable vampire who is being blackmailed into doing this by unknown people. Ooh. Hmm. So it's like, okay, well, let's let's investigate who is sending him these names and like why do they want these people killed off? Like what do they stand to gain from this? So it's like this whole other like in in any other RPG, it would be this very standard quest of like okay, you hunt this guy down and then like you fight him and maybe you almost beat him and he get, tells you a sob story and it's like, do you choose to kill him? Yes or no? But in this, it's like, okay, you're investigating for a while and like you're you're following leads and eventually you kind of wind up in this space of like, oh, look at what I found in his lair. What does this mean? Um, so you kind of are building more of the narrative before you even run into the character, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... I really, I think I figured out what I really like about that game mm-hmm. is that it, it, you're, you're almost working as a detective, but a detective who like doesn't have to follow the law. <laughs> you like, you just follow your own like moral conscience and decide like, you know, it, which is like, if you're a good person is a good thing, but you you get rewarded for being a good person in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the last time I talked about the game on the podcast, it's like in the main quest of the main game, 
oh, you get the best ending if you're just a good dad to Siri, which I didn't know. Uh-huh. I thought there would be like other like, oh, like more obscure things that you would have to do. Because that's what everyone says. It's like, oh, it's so like, <laughs> it's so obscure. Like you have to do b- very certain things at very specific times. So I was just playing it and I was like, not even trying to get the good ending. And then I got sort of towards the end and was like, well, let me just see if there's anything that I need to do in like the last like hour of the game. That's like the difference between getting the best ending and the worst ending. And I looked it up and it was like, oh, I've already done all these quests and I've already made all the decisions to get the good ending. <laughs> okay. So are you saying that the average gamer may or fact not be a good person? I, I think that <laughs> might be what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's like, it was, it was just very gratifying to me to be like, oh, you just need to not be a shitty dad to Siri <laughs> and you get the good ending. <laughs> it's like, okay, that was like, and it was like really easy for me. Cause I really liked Siri as a character and wanted her to grow. So she, when she was like, Hey Geralt, I'm going to go talk to this. Like, I'm going to go talk to the lodge of sorceresses. Cause they want to talk to me about something. Don't follow me. Okay all right, I won't follow you because I respect your autonomy. Oh, that was one of the decisions I had to make to get the good ending? Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was just the obvious thing. It's like, yeah, no, she'll be pissed if I follow her and, like, she needs to make her own decisions. Yeah, sure. I think there's, like, one. There's, like, one that's, like, if you got that one wrong, you're just a terrible person. And that is... Um, the emperor of Nilfgaard asks you to bring Siri to him because he's got this whole terrible, like incestuous plot involving Siri. And so you find Siri at the end of the game, at the end of the main game. And you're like, Hey, the emperor wants to see you. She's like, should I go see him? And you're like, I don't know. It's up to you. So you go. And then the emperor is like, Oh, here's your pay witcher. And it's like, if you take that pay, like, I don't care what other choices you made in the game. If you take the pay at that point, you're just a shitty person. Yeah. Goodness. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. it. It's like, and, you know, since, you know, CD Projekt Red is getting a lot of bad press, deservedly so, because of the, the shit that's been going on with um, Cyberpunk 20, 2077. And it's like, I, I, I don't know. I'm playing this game and it's like, clearly there are people there who are like really care about what they do and like really t- care about like art and like the politics of art and like really understand the Witcher series as like, no, you can't be neutral. You have to take a side, like do be a good person. You jerk, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Like you can't just be, mm, I'm, I'm gruff, angry guy. Just, Oh, I'm just a mercenary out in the world making my own way. It's like, no, no, yeah, that character, that to... character's boring. Yeah. That character. Well, and also because that's not who Geralt is by the end of the books. Right. But it's like, no, you, you're, you're, you're playing as the Witcher. Mm-hmm. You can't stay neutral. You can't stay out of things. Yeah. That's actually, it's interesting. You bring that up because that was something that someone brought up uh, when they're talking about the Mandalorian. Um, how I still haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, I won't, I won't spoil, you know, any of the plot for you, but I will, I will say this, that the kind of 
the kind of like loner mercenary character that you think it's going to be. He mm-hmm. absolutely is not. Um, yeah. And like someone was saying, and I think a, a, tw- a Tumblr post or something like that, that like out of like for a male character to ask for help and to accept help and to just be nice for the sake of being nice and not respect, expect reward out of it. Like that's something that it's not a toxic masculine role, essentially. Yeah. Model. And it's something that is kind of masquerading in this masculine bravado of, of like you would expect the guy that looks like Boba Fett to be, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I don't know. It's it's something that I think is a nice change of pace uh, from what well, it could have been. Isn't the Mandal... I remember hearing an interview with the creator mm-hmm. and the creator saying that basically like they wanted to just do... Um, it's Lone Wolf. It's based off of Lone Wolf and Cub, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think and, I've heard that same and thing. And so it's based off of Lone Wolf and Cub, and the idea was just like, what if we did that story but set in the Star Wars universe? Because hmm. um, isn't I've never read uh, no, I've never read the manga series Lone Wolf and Cub, but like I've heard a variety of people speak very, very highly of it, and it has been like done and redone as several in several forms in Western media. They even parody it in Bob's Burgers. Yeah, they do. But like, I thought the whole central idea of that was that he, like the dad was a good person or like not the dad, but the, the protagonist was a good person. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know. That's it's, I have very limited knowledge. I'm probably talking out of my ass. No, it, it's, I'm pretty know. sure that the, the whole conceit of it is, it's what if Lone Wolf and Cub, but Star Wars. Yeah, I actually had never heard of Lone Wolf and Cub, so mm. it's it's an old manga series, <sighs> like, like really old, yeah, like, really long running manga at series. Wikipedia it says nineteen seventy to nineteen seventy six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it basically, I mean, it's about a samurai who, like, I don't know if he finds a baby or if it's his baby, but like, it, it's like you know, wandering Ronin story with plus baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like very much like the Mandalorian, honestly, very much like uh, the Witcher mm-hmm. to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Um, and no, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting thing. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that like in this year we're, we're, you know, or in like not even this year, but like in recent years, we're seeing more of this kind of character mm-hmm. where it's like, sort of a subversion of like you know the um the grim and grizzled like man with no name um clint eastwood kind of character like telling those kinds of stories but like actually making those characters like vulnerable and like give them emotions it's liam neeson but for the millennials. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, well, I'm, honestly, no, I'm, I'm thinking more like I'm thinking more like Clint Eastwood, like mm-hmm. like in the old classic Clint Eastwood movies, like man like, with no, no. like the man with no name, like fistful of dollars and that kind yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like it's it's I, I'm sure that the people on the right would say it's cultural Marxism, but. Honestly, the people they're, they're right soy even... boying uh, Harrison Ford. 
What were you saying, Alex? I was going to say that I don't think anyone I know of right wing or left wing is complaining about the Mandalorian. So they're either not picking up on it or it's helping to subtly change their worldview. Maybe that's yeah. optimistic. They probably, <laughs> yeah, but yeah they're, they're probably just too dense. Yeah. I mean, there does seem to be a lot of that, though. Like, right. I, I'm not I'm not just crazy because like no. you know, the, the Witcher has gotten really popular. The Mandalorian um i'm sure if we really think about it we could think of other characters who were just like oh honestly you know who is like a perfect example of this mm. um and it's it's from much longer ago like almost a decade ago at this point but um uh the gunslinger from the dark tower series is that idea uh because he is clint eastwood like he's like that character is based off of those movies and like the entire point as those movies or as the, those books go on is like that character can't actually do things on his own. And the things that he sacrifice are, sacrifices to get what he thinks that he wants are the things that hold him back and prevent him from like actually achieving his goal in the end. Um, I don't know. I think I think there's something to be said for that. Mm hmm. Uh, and that did get a film adaptation recently, but no one gave a shit. <laughs> which kind of sucks because I think it was Idris Elba. Was... Yeah, it was Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, which is great casting. But I I heard it it got really fucked up in the translation from film to from book to film. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I kind of still want to see it just to see what it's about because I've heard a lot of weird shit about it. <laughs> but that's the Stephen King series, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I recommend I I think that that's that is like the only Stephen King that I've read mm. and I really had a lot of fun with it. Um cuz it's just like fucking weird enough <laughs> that I think that everyone should read it like it's just it's bizarre. It gets bad towards the end. Mm. Um but like entertaining bad, like fun bad. Like the main villains of uh, the fifth book are robots who look like werewolf Doctor Dooms, and they're they're armed with lightsabers and golden snitches from Harry Potter. Okay, like not even remotely kidding about that. Like that is <laughs> legitimately in the universe of the story what the villains are. Okay, I know. I know that. Um... So my my mom read a lot of Stephen King, um, and I remember looking as a kid, looking at her bookshelf and seeing the Dark Tower or a couple of the Dark Tower books. The ones that were would have been out when you were a kid, so probably like the first four. Yeah, probably. Uh, and I was like, look at, oh, mom, can I read those? And she'd be like, no, don't, not, they're, they're scary, don't read those. But anyway, maybe, maybe uh, I can borrow them from her if she still has them. Yeah. So if the, you the recommend first... it. Yeah, they're not. I mean, honestly, they're they're not scary. Like those books aren't. They they maybe have scary moments in them, but they're way more like like dark fantasy than anything else, with like splashes of western and science fiction in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot because because like oh. kind of going back to my my thesis from earlier, like. That the first book is basically about like, oh, yeah, this like badass loner character 
who's given this younger child to take care of. And then he ends up like fucking things up in order to try to achieve his goal only to have it come back and bite him in the ass like six books later. Mm. <laughs> like, um, and the, the, the entire rest of the series is basically, hey, you remember all those things you did in that first book? You shouldn't have done those things. <laughs> um, like the second book is largely just punishment like from the universe for the bad shit that the character did in the first book. Mm. And then like, Hey, now, like now you can't do this by yourself. Like you're mangled, you're dying. You need help. Here's what the universe is going. Here's who the universe is giving you to help you. Um, And like those characters are the best characters in the series. Mm. And I don't want to spoil it for you. Cause like, yeah, I might, uh, I might check it out. Good, I recommend. Like, it's basically Stephen King tries to do Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, and very consciously, consciously so, mm-hmm. um, because it, like he talks about in the in the um forwards to those books how he like when he was nineteen years old, he read the Lord of the Rings, and that was the year that he started writing the the first book in that series. Okay. Um, I yeah. yeah, I do want to amend my earlier statement. Um, mm-hmm. so it was not the Dark Tower books that I saw and and stand out my mind. It's the cover of the Stand that I remember. Mm. That one I know she has. I don't know if the she has stand? The Dark Tower or not, but I I'll ask. I have never read the Stand, mm-hmm. but I have seen the t- the original TV miniseries many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another one that kind of the. The Dark Tower is sort of like the central story for all of Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And the main villain in The Stand is also one of the main villains in The Dark Tower. Okay. Um, and I think some of the other characters float through. I, I don't remember. But the, the main villain, Randall Flagg, is definitely a huge part of the Dark Tower series. Um, and I think that the characters actually wind up in the world from the stand in like book four of the dark tower, but very little is actually done with it. Okay. That's it's, it's a weird concept to have like a extended universe for Stephen King, books, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I guess that's what uh, it did. Uh, yeah. And it's like, unless you've read the dark tower, it's like, you don't know that all these books are all part of the same extended universe, Mm -hmm. but like the dark tower connects the stand and Salem's lot and it's, and um, I can't remember what else eyes of the dragon uh, hearts in Atlantis. uh, Or at least one of the short stories, I think in hearts in Atlantis and just like in sometimes they're in very like small ways. And sometimes it's like, Hey, you remember the priest from Salem's lot? He's a character in dark tower. Now he just shows up in like book six, I think when the series is almost over. <laughs> so would you recommend reading all of the rest of them first? And then rock? like I said, li- literally yeah. the dark tower other than like, I've read The Shining and Firestarter mm-hmm. and The Dark Tower. And those are the only Stephen King books that I've actually read. Gotcha. 
But you have seen like movies and miniseries. I've seen a lot of like movies and TV shows. Okay. Yeah. Like a lot of adaptations he's done. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and like those things like and I think if I'm remembering correctly, even his like the TV miniseries uh Kingdom Hospital, which wasn't based off of one of his short stories, but which he adapted for television or at least American television. It was based off of a Danish TV show. He like, there's some subtle dark tower nods in there as well. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And it's simple things like the name of a soft drink in a soft, in like a vending machine you can see in the background. I'm like, is that, is that a dark tower reference? (laughs) And it's like, that's it. That's, that's the all you get, but that's the reference. It's it's the JoJo of the literary world. <laughs> okay, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> it did. Uh, I don't know. What have we been up to? Oh Jesus, I don't know. Um. Oh, I know what we've been up to since last time we recorded. Okay. We watched uh the latest season of Archer. We did. We did watch latest season of Archer. Speaking of like from four, like four or five conversations ago, speaking of like, what the fuck decade is this supposed to be? God. <laughs> yeah. Arch- yeah. No. And they make references it to, to, to it in the show. Cause I mean, it started off when Mad Men was still airing in it. And it was God, supposed it to be, yeah. And it, well, it was supposed to be kind of a parody of Mad Men or at least like evoke that aesthetic while also being, you know, a parody of James Bond and all of these other, like you know big bro spy buds mm-hmm. um but it's just it's lasted so goddamn long <laughs> uh i mean it's not it's sort of weird because it's like there's certainly shows you know like the simpsons and family guy that have lasted way longer um but i guess because like archer unlike those shows archer works in a very linear fashion um you know and there are not always, but you know, for the most part, there are consequences to the characters' actions, and they act, and the characters have very like cyclical growth, right? So they're they're always kind of going through the same motions. Um, but yeah, so so we'd watched. I think the last time we talked about Archer, we had made a really big boo boo, which was we talked about the last of the coma seasons. Um, before watching the last episode and we were like oh maybe they'll do a western one and we were very very wrong Mm -hmm. and instead he like woke up and uh now they're in present day for archer which could be the 80s the 60s the 70s the the, 2010s it could be the 2010s because like they (laughs) they also have like smartphones and shit could be the future yeah yeah exactly exactly you don't like it's a very nebulous time um and so he wakes up and this season is all about like him dealing with becoming a part of becoming a part of the group or the team again and having to like reintroduce himself after being um sorry our cat's chewing on plastic stop that um after having been in a coma for three years and so everybody else's lives and how they've like you know grown and moved on and he's, you know, back three years ago. And so it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Um, 
Yeah, and now we're caught up, and I don't I don't think it's the season's over yet, but we're just we're caught I, up on the season. The last episode aired on in like October, so unless they're on a mid mid season break, I think that's it because those seasons typically are pretty short. Yeah, it didn't feel like a finale though. Yeah, it didn't feel final like the the last. I mean, to a certain extent, because he does sort of like. Do you care about spoilers? No, I. How many seasons has does this show have? Jesus, eleven. I I am not going to catch up eleven seasons to watch. No, but they're all like short, and again, it's like it's like it's like a twenty minute cartoon show. So like, it's it's eleven seasons, but like each season is like maybe ten episodes long. Listener, if you care about spoilers, then go ahead and don't listen to this part. Um, so they end up going to, they end up going to the Antarctic, um, for reasons and, um, they end up going to the Antarctic to, for, for reasons because there's been like a murder at the Antarctic, Antarctica's, um, research station. Uh, they uncover like who did it and they're all dealing with the fact that like they've become worse people since Archer woke up from his coma. Oh. <laughs> Is it is it one of those scenarios where it's like the world would be a better place if you did not exist kind of thing? Well, kind of. Okay. But then it's like in the end, you know, Archer ends up being the one to do the stupid thing that saves the fucking world. Mm-hmm. And and he kind of throws that in their faces. It's like, yeah, you know, you were all individual people. Like uh, you were all better individuals, but none of you saved the fucking world. Um, and so that was kind of an interesting commentary. I don't know. What does that say, though? Yeah, I mean, it was it was an interesting thing to say, but like it sounded real good. Is, I don't know if it mean much, but um, are they saying that you have to be a shitty person to save the world? I think it's got more to do with the fact that like, like everyone was like everyone was so kind of experiencing like good personal growth for themselves Mm -hmm. but since archer is like a stunted man child (laughs) he's willing to throw himself into like into danger without a thought for himself because as he's pointed out in previous seasons that he doesn't actually think that he can die (laughs) (laughs) um and so it's like it's very much no we we need like this this stupid broken person is actually good at one thing Mm -hmm. and that is doing the thing that needs to be done at the moment it needs to happen without any regard for himself or his friends or loved ones, Mm. which is not really a good thing, but like in the five times in that show where that's had to happen, he was there for it. Yeah. And just like, and so I think the question that kind of gets asked by the end of it is, is that a worthwhile trade off? Yeah. Um, Which I don't know. It, it, like if you're, if that's the question that's being asked, I think it, it like it it's it's a fun thought experiment. I don't think it needs to be anything like in the real world because I don't like obviously in the real world like James Bond type spy shit doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like James Bond is the villain in the real world. Yes, 
Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what makes Archer interesting because it is like Archer's not a good person and like not framed as a good person. Cause he's from that time period when we were all about anti-heroes on TV. Like I said, like it came right. out at the, dur- at the height Mad of Mad Men. Men. Like it came out like around the same time that I think Breaking Bad was wrapping up. Right. Like it was, it was that height of like, we want like, white male anti-heroes you know and this is this is more i don't know i do think of it as more of a deconstruction of like like james bond again it's kind of like going back to that idea that we were talking about earlier with like the mandalorian but kind of playing it like playing that character type to its logical extreme Mm -hmm. of like if james bond existed in the real world he would drive everybody around him fucking crazy all the time and he probably has mommy issues right yeah like (laughs) that yeah um it's yeah i don't know if it has to mean anything or say anything beyond i think it's saying what it says in the world of the show i think it's saying more about like it's more metafictional metafictional i think than like trying to say this really says something about our society and more of like, this really says something about the art, like, and the stories that we create and consume. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess, I don't know. (laughs) I haven't seen it. So I'm hearing it from y'all. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't really know what, what, what it's saying. I don't know. It, it needs, I, I need to digest it more, which I think is why Elise was saying it didn't, it didn't really feel like a finale, even though I'm pretty sure that was the last episode of this season. Mm. But I mean, there's probably going to be another season being made because they'll probably keep making Archer until the sun burns out. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, it's, which, it's, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's not as good as it used to be, but I think, I think this season was better than it's been in a while. Yeah. Like the coma seasons were fun, but they didn't really do anything. I guess I like I wish there was more grappling with that question. With that question of well, like, is 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 Archer worth it? Well, um, I think it, I'm assuming that that will be like what the next season's about because this season was should Archer have come back? Yeah, and then the answer to that question was, well, he saved the world. Yeah, <laughs> and then like. Well, is that worth it? I think might be the next question. Yeah. And then I think they're out of fucking questions and yeah. they need to let it die. Yeah. And um. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I, honestly, I would have been fine with it if the show had ended when, like if he had just died when he went into a coma. Um, yeah. Because yeah, there as fun as like Danger Island and like the, the space one and the, all those seasons were. Um, yeah. It just, it didn't, it didn't do much. And I really like. I really liked this season a lot. Like I thought this season was really, really good. Um, like the writing was a lot snappier. Um, and it was funny to kind of watch like the longer Archer was around, like the worse off everyone else in the show was <laughs> like, like it was just really obvious from the first episode is like, Oh yeah. Archer has like this terrible corrupting influence on everyone around him. Um, like that episode with Nicole Byer where they're on the double date. Oh God. Like, that is probably the best episode of the season because it cat, it does that idea so perfectly. We're just like, he does everything he does. He does out of spite 
and it makes everything crumble around him as a result. But like everyone else's flaws are just kind of laid bare just by his presence. Um, which honestly, again, if James Bond were a real person, he 100% would have that effect on everybody yeah. else. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what else to say about it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting show made for and by liberal arts majors mm-hmm. <laughs> who need to feel smart and smug about the cartoons oh, that boy. they watch. Like that's really like at the end of the day, as much as I enjoy that show, I understand yeah. that I am a, I am a smug, uh, liberal arts major who didn't accomplish much in life, but God damn it. Do I know all the references in Archer? Oh uh, man. The first, the first <laughs> time that I, that the first time that I remember, cause that is the great thing about Archer like in terms of its writing is like, I watched that first season of that show so many times through because each time i watched an episode i caught a joke i hadn't heard the first time i watched it and i remember the one that like stuck out to me the most that i'm surprised i missed the first few times through which was the the uh the fucking bartleby the scrivener joke (laughs) i'd prefer not to (laughs) bartleby Bartleby the the scrivener Scrivener. melville you know what he's a hard read (laughs) like that's it like that's it like that is that is what the show does and so it's like is it trying to say anything about the real world maybe but you gotta like cut through like seven layers of intro to philosophy english 201 to like get to the meat of the story like (laughs) gotta have this gun on you at all times cyril is my it's my standard load it's called it's called a checkoff. <laughs> just, uh, just be careful with it because it goes off for like no reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if anything were to happen, what? The checkoff? That's a facile <laughs> argument, Cyril. <laughs> See, and now it can make you laugh years fucking later. Oh, God. But it's like you should feel bad. You, if you yeah. find Archer funny, you should feel guilty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You like you're you're way too highly. <laughs> you're, 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 you have spent way too much time in a classroom if you get a lot of these jokes. <laughs> or just um, you know. Yeah. Uh so it's like I guess that's why like really like liberal arts majors and millennials can't be trusted to make like, you know, cause I don't know. We were just watching like a Maggie Mayfish and a lot of YouTubers. I mean, this is kind of a common gripe from a lot of YouTubers, which is this idea of like Hollywood keeps turning out like schlock after schlock after schlock. And like, when will they just let like a new voice in to make new schlock. And it's like, I think they did that. And you came up with Archer. <laughs> like as a generation, we had our one chance and, uh, and we fucking blew it on an FX cartoon. Archer and so- <laughs> Bojack Boatsman. And uh, they said, all right, we're taking the reins back, boomers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, you people are weird and depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I love the depressed horseshit. That's a good uh, and it's not in a fun way like the Gen Xers do. Yeah. Yeah, we could pretend that Kevin Smith was the voice of a generation and be serious about it for like six years. Ugh. 
Remember like reality bites? <laughs> no. God, shut up. <laughs> you probably weren't born when that movie came out, oh, Alex. <laughs> oh god. Ugh. Reality bites, 1994. I was all of one years old. Okay, that was very close. <laughs> Yeah. Not that February mean, I was five. February so, ninety four. Like, I wasn't even like one I... years old. Uh, yeah. I would have been just about to turn seven. The point is, is like none of us actually fucking saw that movie. Not when it came Where out. Where we're like little baby, like five year olds <laughs> with like a cigarettes hanging out of our mouths, going to the going to the indie movie theater to watch reality you bites. You want to go check out the Stone like... Temple Pilots concert after this? <laughs> I said I wanted. Fucking red vines. <laughs> and you dragged a lawn, you dragged a lawn you dragged an eight-month-old baby along with you. Exactly. Uh, uh we used your you used your baby carrier to carrier to hide our smokes. I I mean mostly, mostly my point that I think I was making with that was that uh you know like the 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 cultural cachet of generation X, like the stuff that was like oh man voice of a generation in like 1994 mm. was like shit that no one talks about anymore except for nirvana and that only happens because kurt cobain shot himself mm -hmm. like if kurt cobain lived to a ripe old age like if, if kurt cobain was like 60 years old now and like pumping out like like shitty adult contemporary acoustic rock like about how much he loves his adult <laughs> daughter like like no one would care about nirvana anymore <laughs> uh, like it's not saying that like nirvana didn't make important music i guess for the time but it's like like a lot of bands Nick. made important music up for the time back then and now no one cares about any of those bands except for nirvana Nick, are you saying that you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain <laughs> you know what i might <laughs> I might be saying that, or I might be saying that, like, I might just be saying that Generation X was just like, like, I, I you know how I talk about- They had um, their chance. Get off the stage. They had their chance. Get off the stage. Well, like, all right. You know how I, like, my, my a constant refrain of mine is that the early 2000s were like a cultural wasteland. Mm. Um, Like, nothing of significance happened, like, culturally, other than, like- the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm -hmm. Like nothing has any sort of like cultural staying power until like the year, like maybe 2008 or 2009. Yeah, I don't know. The economy went to shit. Yeah. The economy went to shit, but I mean like, but like the economy went to shit in like the thirties and the, like, you know, people are still talking about like Humphrey Bogart movies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like that's the kind of, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, we were we were too busy being uh, racist to Muslims and shit. well, I I think it was that, and also like the fact that a lot of like the older Gen Xers like this was the time this was the time for them to like finally prove themselves, and it's just like they and they had, fucking blew it. They had nothing on to say. Kevin Smith. They hadn't. They had like nothing to say at that point. All that they had to say was in the 90s about oh man like everything's going well but i'm feeling sad because i'm in my 20s and like that was it <laughs> you know and then they all like fucking gave up like they all quit film school 
and, you know, got an MBA and like, this is the world we live in now. <laughs> I think that's the this point I'm making. Does that make sense? Am I, am I making sense or am I just ranting? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're just shitting on Jenna. And maybe, and then, you know, they, they were latchkey kids. I was a latchkey <laughs> kid. <laughs> maybe we should give them a break. <laughs> I mean, we got raised by boomers, but they got raised by the silent generation. That shit's going to fuck you up. Um, no, they got raised by the boom. Oh, they, I got uh, raised got by Gen X. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, some Gen Xers were raised by baby baby boomers. In any case, you know, generations aren't real. Um, yeah. yeah, that is true. It's it that doesn't really matter. Um I think at this point we're just we're just rambling a little bit, but okay. <laughs> that's if you're listening to our podcast still by now, then I guess you find something about this interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> Three years later, and we're still terrible at this, and we've learned nothing. No, oh, but speaking of Gen X, we did watch. Uh, uh, we did watch one other thing that's a foundational text for that generation. Blair Witch. We watched, we watched Gremlins. Oh. oh, we did watch Gremlins because Elise has never seen Gremlins. I'd never and seen Gremlins, and I wanted to see a Christmas movie. I, I was like Gremlins, and Elise is like, "No," and I'm like, "But Gremlins, though." And we watched Gremlins. Uh, did you I, like Gremlins? I did enjoy Gremlins. I enjoyed Gremlins, um, but I kept making Community references. Yeah, and going Chicho Chicho. Portuguese Gremlins. Uh, oh, season six was not that great. Um, no, it was fine. It was better than four, but not as good as like five. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what else. Like, I don't really want to talk about Gremlins. I mean, it's good. It's a fun movie. Um, I never. Seen apparently, it. the second oh, one has a lot more to say about capitalism. Yeah. Um, the second one is better, but the first one's the Christmas movie. So we watched that. So one. we watched that one. What were you saying, Alex? I couldn't hear you. Uh, I have never seen Gremlins. You very okay? Uh, should we talk? Like, did we just give like a basic run through of Gremlins for people who've never seen it? Um. So. An inventor who's not good at his job um, decides to buy a gremlin. Oh God, because this movie is so fucking racist. It's it's got sort of it's it's a little problematic there at the beginning. Uh, so he he buys a mogwai from this guy who's a a really terrible Chinese stereotype, and um, he ends up bringing it home for his son. Uh, for Christmas, because I guess his 22 year old son who works at the bank asked for a fucking puppy, asked for a puppy for Christmas. He didn't ask for a puppy, but he's just like, oh, my son loves animals. He'll love this thing is I oh, think okay. what his thought process was. Um, and so he ends up getting getting him the titular gremlin. It's not um, a gremlin. It's a mogwai. <laughs> they don't become gremlins until they oh eat after God. midnight. <laughs> anyway, um, what's his name? Gizmo. 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 So he gets Gizmo. I, I don't know. It, you watch it. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, so, so you feed them after midnight. Yes. No, you can't feed them after midnight and you can't get them wet or else they turn into gremlins. Yeah. So they go from being cute, adorable mogwai to being terrible, horrific gremlins. Do they not drink um, water? Uh, apparently not. I, I guess mean, not. It's it's one of those things. So this is actually, it's when actually does one after of the, midnight stop. Like, hey, sunrise? you know what's funny? Yeah. You know what's great about the gremlins? Uh-huh. Is that in the second movie, a bunch of people are like asking those questions because the second movie is like 
basically the the director like making an argument about how stupid it is to make a, a sequel to gremlins okay and also capitalism is bad and specifically donald trump is bad specifically uh, like donald trump is the villain of not donald trump but a donald trump stand in uh-huh. man how many fucking movies were made where where a donald trump stand in was the too. villain of the movie also back to the future back to the future like, too it's always the sequels yeah and and nobody picked up on that fact <laughs> and nobody fucking like was like hey maybe this literal cartoon villain shouldn't be the president like, wasn't trump actually in home alone 2 like yes, yes. He was. Okay. do you know why trump was in home alone 2 no why was trump in home alone 2 because trump in order to film at any of his properties trump has like a writer in like all of those co- fucking contracts where it's like i want to be in a scene in your movie and like most people who do that just cut him out terrible so it's like oh yeah we'll have you in a scene oh that scene got cut for time oh no but chris fucking columbus who directed home alone 2 and rent and rent and the like the first like two harry potter movies yeah but that's that's not neither here nor there um chris columbus for some reason was like oh yeah we'll keep that scene in the movie it's like whatever but like yeah apparently that's why is he just like he just has it in where it's like, oh yeah, if you're gonna film in one of my in one of my properties, I want the option of being in a scene. So that's why he's a he's a SAG. He's a member of SAG. Yeah. Just fucking stupid. Which can we talk for just one second about how dumb it is? Like Republicans are always arguing about like 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 always being like, oh, liberal Hollywood trying to brainwash our kids. Coastal elites. Coastal elites. Literally, the only two presidents to have been members of SAG are fucking Republicans. Also, the, uh, what what was it? The pastor peanut farmer was a fucking Democrat. Yeah. You know, like. Politics are dumb. We gotta, we gotta bring Christianity. (laughs) Politics are dumb. We gotta bring Christianity back to the White House. Not like you, Jimmy Carter, <laughs> with your building of houses for our poor people. You fuck off with that shit. I want my Jesus as I think he was written in the Bible. Gun getting money and getting four. laid. Because those were two things that he definitely did. Anyway. Muscle bound and firing a machine gun. <laughs> Fighting a dinosaur. <laughs> I'm a fisher of men because I hunt the most dangerous game. <laughs> Holy shit. I would watch that movie, actually. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Jesus Christ, Fisher of Men. <laughs> uh, um, but no, so, so okay. So the movie is basically about like... <laughs> going so, back to Yeah, Gremlins. going back to Gremlins. So the first Damn. one, it's like, okay, here are the things that you need to do in order to make sure that like the Gremlins... like If you get them wet, they multiply. Okay? Mm. Okay. Um, and then when they multiply, they're just like, you know, cute little happy mogwai. But the mogwai that come out, like, they, apparently they have to learn how to be, like, nice and cute and cuddly. Because um, they are they were, like, all, like, even when they were mogwai, they were kind of mischievous. Mm-hmm. And then if you feed them after midnight, they turn into gremlins. And they, like, become really evil. And so, like... And fucking kill people. Yeah. And, like... Straight up kill people. Straight up kill... This is a kid's movie. Yeah. And there is a lot of death. The 80s were great. (laughs) 
Um, Maybe we for should, most people, but they were good for movies. We should stop picking on Gen Xers, <laughs> considering that all of their children's movies had to do with like death and destruction and straight up fucking murder. Like, um, but yeah, so so that that first movie is like about that, like and like they they're like, oh, well, we're gonna have our home taken away by the bank because Dad is terrible with money and can't sell anything because he's shitty at his job. So let's maybe like try to like figure out a way to market these things. And that's basically where the problem comes in. So there's like a mild critique of capitalism in that first movie. Cause like the villain in that movie, like the, the gremlins are the, like the, the ultimate like antagonist, but the villain, but, like the bank, the, the, it's not even the bank. Cause no. the main character works for the bank, but like the lady who like, I'm not sure how this works, but like they owe money to this other random lady for their house who is clearly just supposed to be the wicked witch of the West. Like to the point where Are she threatens to have the main. Was that? Are they renting it from her? I, I don't know. It's not clear. Listen, stop it asking is, questions. <laughs> it is very unclear. This is gremlins. Um, And so it's, yeah, it is very much a movie of like, yeah, you just you just don't think about it and you just kind of enjoy it. But it's like it's a fun movie and there's a mild critique of capitalism in there and like the animatronics are good and it's a it is a Christmas horror movie for children, which I think we should get like 5 of those a year <laughs> because I think those are great. Um like that one and then Krampus and like those are the only ones that exist. And there should be more. Nightmare because children Christmas Hmm? Nightmare Before Christmas? No. Nightmare, yeah. uh, Nightmare Before Christmas isn't really a horror movie. Like, it's kind of, it's like spooky. Yeah. But, like, nothing really horrific happens in it. Krampus is for children? I'd say, so. like, Krampus is for children as much as Gremlins is for children. Yeah, but Krampus is, like, PG-13 or R? Is it? It's not. It's okay. definitely not an R-rated movie. Are you sure? Definitely not I'm going to look this up. It what, may be PG-13. What year was this made? Krampus? Uh, uh like 2015? Yeah, 2015. We saw this in theaters. Krampus was really good. I, I kind of want to watch that one again, actually. Um starting starring uh Adam Scott yeah. of uh Parks and Rec fame. Yeah. And uh there's a few other people in that who are like people. It's PG 13. PG 13. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, that's fine. There's PG 13 is the new PG. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, if we could fucking get those goddamn LA soccer moms out of <laughs> being the ones that rate all of the MPAA or we, like we can rate all the traumatizing movies. movies for children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I like I, I'm kind of partially joking, but I do feel like there is value in having media that is scary for children marketed to children like are you afraid of the dark and like never-ending story i think there are there's a value to be had in stories like that because the world isn't always like a nice happy friendly place it can be but it isn't always. And I think it's an important like thing to learn for young kids. And there's something to be said for like experiencing, experiencing those kinds of feelings in a safe 
space. Mm-hmm. Like we should we should think of a word for that. We should like, maybe an ancient Greek word. <laughs> Shut up. No, but I'm, I'm serious. Like no. for catharsis. Catharsis. Oh, okay. Um, but like I'm serious. Like I do think that there is something to that. I think there is something to yeah. that idea of like yeah. Like it is okay to be scared and it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be angry. And like, if you have stories that allow you to feel those emotions and be like, no, but it's okay to feel those things because like sometimes in the world you are going to feel those things. Um, I think that's a good thing for people. And I think the fact that we really do like, we really have been sheltering children a lot more. And I like, and it's understandable because like the world has, at least for Americans gotten way scarier in recent decades than it was in the eighties. Like in the eighties, there was like, all in the eighties. There was only the fear of, you know, thermonuclear war. Now. <laughs> I mean, there's fear of th- thermonuclear war and other things. Yes. <laughs> well, but I mean, like, while that was always there, it was also like, but I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like people were like kind of worried about it, but and if you go back and look at the media from the time and like kind of re, like watch it as a way of like determining the national psyche, mm-hmm. it's like, we didn't think that it would hurt us. You know what I mean? Like think about who, our heroes were at the time like think about who was appearing in american movies in the like, 80s in the 80s uh, yeah. like like the like the the rambos and people like that yeah like exactly like like like, these... like be trying to re like trying to regain the lost the seemingly lost uh decade of the 70s for americans mm-hmm. yeah uh, and even like the people is kind even of people but whatever even people like um, like Charles Bronson, mm. who was in a lot of action movies back then, who was like old and decrepit in like in actual life, was fucking untouchable in those movies. Like every one of those heroes is just like, you know, wading through dead bodies in in like untouchable, immortal, uh, and just like. I feel like now we as like, like as a country, America feels like way more vulnerable. Um, and I think that that is partially a good thing. And maybe one of the reasons why we are seeing like more vulnerable, like emotionally vulnerable protagonists in some of our media. Are we leaping this back to the, the thing we were talking about Mandalorian and the, uh, the, yeah, and the Witcher, the yeah. Lone Wolf and Club. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Like, I like I think there might be something to it in that that like we realized we weren't this you know muscle bound freak we saw ourselves as as the eighties, and we can actually be hurt, and that for a bit that made us want revenge, right? Like the Dark Knight movies, mm-hmm. Where it's like we weren't maybe a little bit more emotionally vulnerable, but still like, oh, well, we'll we'll do the th- bad things that need to happen in order to make sure that there's justice. And then we got tired of that shit because like we've been embroiled in a war that has now been going on for so long that children who were not born when those wars started are now fighting them. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's really doing something to us. Like like subconsciously yeah 
I don't know. <sighs> and I, I I don't know really know where I'm going with this, but that's just kind of we are seeing these kinds of different different kinds of heroes. Cause you're right. Like if the Mandalorian had been made like right after um like fucking Return of the Jedi came out. Like HBO right out the gate was like, we're going to start making original content and Hey, George Lucas, we want to buy some star Wars rights and make a star Wars show. Like it, it would be that same idea that like everyone thought it would be worth like, Oh yeah, this gruff bounty hunter who never speaks. So he doesn't feel any feelings. He's just out here wrecking the universe and doing what he wants. But like, I don't know. I feel like maybe, Maybe we we're starting to, to pass that in order. We needed to move past that. We needed to grow right. in order to see better stories. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just a thought. Like I'm the, I'm doing very like amateur media study here, but I think <laughs> I think there is something to that. I think that's one of the reasons why people had such a backlash against the Zack Snyder movies. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we like the, the Dark Knight movies, I think, well enough because, like, it there was, was a first of those kind of dark superhero movies from that and, era. And there was a story to be told mm-hmm. there, right? Like, and I think like, he gets out at the end. Yeah. Yeah. He gets out at the end. And also, like, the, the thing that that stood out to me was, like, what well, even like when I watched the Dark Knight, like the second one for the first time. It was still like, oh, well, this is like clearly talking about like domestic spying and shit. And that makes me like, that's a little bit like gross because like I personally don't think that's okay. But like, this is a Batman movie. Like, this is a, like, I, I will suspend disbelief and say, like, okay, in this one instance. And that's even something that's brought up in the movie. It's like, oh, this is a bad thing. Yeah, but I'm just using it for this one thing and then I'm going to stop because like, the Joker needs to be stopped. Okay, cool. I will go along for this ride of the Joker needs to be stopped. And like, maybe you bend the rules a little bit for that to happen. But then like, once you tell that story one time and like you deconstruct that character, cause it is sort of a deconstruction of that character. Mm. Um, even though it is like the politics of that series are pretty right wing. The, the 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 emotional vulnerabilities of the character i think kind of balance it out whereas with like the Zack snyder characters they're not physically vulnerable and they're not emotionally vulnerable so you just have like again you have the same kind of idea of like the the 1980s hulking superman just kind of going through and doing whatever he wants and it was played out by that point um you know especially like when did Man of Steel come out? Two thousand ten. Man of Steel. Yeah. Uh, Twenty thirteen. Twenty really that late? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. By that point, we were all kind of. I think we were all tired of it. Um. Man, I can't believe it was that recent. Like I know that was still seven years ago, but still. Anyway, I don't know if I made a point there. <laughs> Probably not. I, I'm just like random thoughts that are coming to my head and I'm trying to 
express them in a way that makes sense as they're coming to mind. I mean, it's... I got nothing to add to it. It makes sense. Uh, But... Do we think we've said all that we can for one episode of Summer yeah. Podcast? I think, you know, it's a little short, but I I don't know if I have anything else to add to this. We're doing this an hour and a half. Okay. So. But uh, anyway, yeah, I don't have anything else to really add either. Uh, but uh, yeah, so thank you all for listening. Uh, my name is Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. <laughs> And I'm paying attention. (laughs) This is some hurts of a podcast. You all have a great night.